Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host this evening. Um, and yes, the question is, is there any leadership at um, New Zealand Rugby um, at the moment? Because boy, oh boy, it's all a bit of a mess um, coming out of head office. Um, let's be honest with you. Now, thankfully, it wasn't a mess on the pitch, though, um, was it, Mr. Harris? It was a, uh, a good return um, uh, to, to form by the All Blacks. It was, Paul, and good evening to everybody. Always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the TDM, and it's good to know that we've got some leadership happening right here at NZ Sport Radio because Paul was actually able to organise a guest this evening. So here I am, people. <laughs> and um, and I'll, I'll quickly answer his question. Yes and no. Yes, yes great and... performance on the field. No leadership. Gee, needs a bit of work on, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. Uh, for me, look, folks, um, I'll be honest, I've not seen uh, any NPC or Farrah Palmer Cup action at the weekend. My rugby, uh, my, my daughters for the weekend, but I did get up at 3 a.m. in the morning to watch the uh, Springboks versus the All Blacks. And then I uh, watched the um, uh, the Pumas versus the Wallabies on delayed uh, viewing the following day. But um, Stephen, I see that uh, you uh, got off, to, had, had a much more rugby weekend and uh, took a little road trip up to uh, Fongaray for a uh, Farrah Palmer Cup and an NPC game. Yes, yes, I did. You know, delightful day up in, in Whangarei. Unfortunately, um, the weather forecast lied to us a little bit. It was supposed to be uh, sunny for most of the day, but uh, during the afternoon, the weather set in. Fortunately, later in the day, during the Bunnings uh, NPC clash between the home side, the Tanifa and uh, Waikato, but I also got up and uh, saw the uh, curtain raiser between the Kauri and the Hibiscus Coast Pool. So it was indeed a fun-filled action-packed weekend of, uh, of of rugby, and it started on Friday night with the uh, Ranfilly Shield game, and of course ended no, on didn't. Sunday Sunday evening. So I had a very big watching weekend of uh, of uh, code. Well, it started on Wednesday night, but we'll we'll get back to we'll get to that in a in a moment or two. Um, the um, good evening to everyone in the live chat. Don't forget, folks, you can join us at eight pm every Monday evening to talk about. Um, Rugby, and obviously we're back on a Wednesday night with the with the standoff show for your league action at eight pm. Simon saying congratulations to Japan women and Uruguay men for winning the World Rugby Sevens Challenge Series. Well, yes, absolutely, boy, oh boy, 
Uh, Simon does catch more rugby than even we do. Um, so uh, great to keep it, great that he keeps us up to, up to speed um, on uh, on those sort of things, on uh, that that side of things. Uh, Nocturnal rights big result of the weekend with Targo over Tasman. And yes, you are quite right. We do have um, some uh, interesting results and surprise results in the uh, in provincial rugby uh, to um, to have a, uh, a chat about um, as well. And oh yes. Simon points out some, some news we've kind of haven't touched on is a whole bunch of um, Italian players who've come out and said, oh, we weren't eligible to play for Italy back in the day. Um, so, um, uh, so yes, there was a bunch of players who, uh, uh, so after Spain's been uh, um, disqualified from the last two Rugby World Cups for, for fielding ineligible players, uh, it's come to light that um, uh, Italy, and we are talking about, I think it's about a decade ago now, uh, um, a number of players who were pointing out, that, oh yeah, sorry, wasn't entirely truthful about some uh, about about my uh, um, about being allowed to uh, represent Italy um, in that kind of thing. So uh, so yes, um, and I guess Stephen, this is one of the problems we have with uh, sports administrations. Is look, these organisations appear big at points and um, small at others, uh, and at the end of the day, they act a bit like police, don't they? In that if you uh, report a crime, they'll look into it, but they won't go and try and find crime um, uh, or, or any wrongdoing um, specifically. The devil is in the detail when you're basically, when it comes down to ad administration, Paul, and, and ticking all the right boxes. Of course, we've heard a few famous one, ones over the years. I think Shane Health, I can think back to playing for Wales with a with a Welsh, Welsh grandfather or grandmother, I, I think of... I think it was at the time. So yeah, listen. I think all the cards really have to be on the uh, on the on the table in these circumstances. Yeah, and um, there was a Welsh player who, uh, sorry, a, a yeah, a Kiwi who played for Wales, um, and um, who again, yeah, his he uh, misclaimed around his where his grandfather was uh, was born, um, and uh, but then became eligible through um, uh, um, residency. And someone with his name actually played for Waikato last weekend, but I couldn't find out if they were actually relatives um, or not um, on uh, on that one. So um, yeah, sorry, sorry that uh, the person who reached out to me on Twitter um, to ask me if I could find out, uh, but um, yeah, we couldn't. Um, uh, I couldn't uh, find. Um, I couldn't find that out for you. Uh, on that one. But anyway, yeah, let's crack in and um, catch up on the NPC action then. So yeah, so Wednesday night, Manawatu lost 18-45 to 45 to Auckland. Boy, oh boy, Manawatu have had a shocking start to the season. Not helped by the fact that they've had to play um, Canterbury, then Auckland, and then North Harbour in uh, in a storm week. Their North Harbour result, jumping to the last game of the round, they lost 64-14. to 14. Um, That means that Manawatu have lost all three games now uh, and they've lost them all three games by, by on an average of more than forty points. Um, the um, so Stephen, one of the reasons that they didn't stick with North South for the Farrah Palmer Cup was that um, the, uh, the 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 whole league wasn't strong enough. Um, and then they go and put the NPC Premiership and Championship together. Um, is there an argument here that some of the um, champion ex Championship sides aren't strong enough? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I probably tweeted out, I got off the mark very early, of course, uh, Manawatu getting tailed up in round one by by Canterbury, and I thought to myself, here we go again, but there is a distinct pattern after the Turbos have played three games. The reality is, I think they probably are going to be 
um, maybe down near the foot of the foot of the table. I, I think they were paying originally $180 at the TAB in Southland and and Northland were the two ranking outsiders at $150. I think that's probably reversed in the space of, uh, of a week, Paul. And uh, what it also also highlights that they probably just don't have the depth. Um, we all know that their, their club competition, they don't have a lot of uh, clubs at the moment. And any half-decent kids that they do get are normally picked up by the uh, the Wellingtons of this world. Ruben Love, for example, who's running around at first five fullback for uh, the Lions in the Bunnings NPC, and they do lose a lot of quality. And unfortunately, when there's not a lot of money in the bank, you've you've got to go local. And if you look at that uh, Turbo squad, that's exactly what they've done. So it could be a very long year. They also suffer poor because I don't think they've got a type five that's quite capable of matching a lot of the bigger teams, and that's an area where they're struggling. They are very good, well served in the uh, the loose forwards, um, JT Howden, and also... Um, uh, Braden Yosea are, are very, very good players, but listen, they're only really a handful of of uh, very good players. And of course, they lost their uh, halfback from from two or three seasons, Jamie Booth, who ironically turned out against them in uh, yesterday's uh, final round game, Paul. Yeah, look, I mean, the um, uh, as far as yeah, Massey not um, providing enough players. Look, they have got a university there, which actually gives them um, uh, more ability to have young players than say a uh, a Tasman or a Northland where where the young where, where you you sort of you're, you're 20 year old uh, you're, you're sort of late teens early 20s head uh, head away from town to um to go to uni so from that point of view they should they're actually in one of the sort of better situations you'd think than uh, than, than some of the other um uh, provinces and um, but then again Stephen you say look they haven't got money so they have to um recruit players locally now Historically, we would call this rep rugby. Why do we call it rep rugby? Because it's representative rugby. It's supposed to represent your province. That's the whole point of this. That's what this is supposed to be, is is um, is rep rugby. It's not supposed to be uh, cash book club um, European uh, style rugby. So uh, so you'd hope that all the, the, the that these teams would have locally um, based players. Now, the uh, play teams like um, Auckland, uh, Waikato, Wellington, Canterbury, uh, and um, Otago, where you've got a Super Rugby side, and obviously players who, um, if you if you're playing Super Rugby, it makes sense for you to play to the local because otherwise, you're, if you're playing for um, like um, Tamanavali was, he was playing for the um, Crusaders, um, but also playing for Taranaki. Now, that meant six months of the year or seven months of the year, he'd be living in Christchurch, and then for the um, other. Um, four or five months, he'd be living in um, New Plymouth. Oh, sorry, um, yeah, New Plymouth. Um, which, um, uh, how does your partner get a job if you're spending half the year, in, if you're basically spending yourself between two places? Uh, house prices are high enough. How do you afford two houses um, or you're having to rent uh, and all these sort of things? So, um, yeah, they, yeah the, the Super Rugby places have more more opportunity than the um, to, to, to hire local people. But, um yeah, I, it's, it's a struggle um, putting uh, Mano 2 in the same bracket as the other ones um, there on that one. But also, Stephen, there was a, an article that I think, I don't know if it was you that put it into our live, into our chat group about um, how the MPC is more important outside of the big centres um, and is far from dead in your places like Manawatu, Southland, etc., where, where people 
really enjoy it. So, uh, look, it's um, it's not getting the service it requires, isn't the MPC? Uh, and I don't think the new format, personally, mm. um, helps matters. Yeah, I was going to say the reviewer who's just um, <clears throat> excuse me, has just put up a post uh, says the table actually looks quite competitive, and it is only at the stage Manawa two and Taranaki who are struggling. Uh, listen, that's. Um, Manawa 2's issues are, are offset with, if you look at a team like uh, Southland, predominantly club players, if you look at probably their their name players in that Southland side, probably Marty Banks, Scott Gregory, um, Bicuous, the lock who's come back to, to Southland, you have a look at the rest of that squad and it's predominantly out of their club competition. So it just goes to show also um, head coach Dale McLeod doing a great job with Southland. You also look at Counties Monaco. They've decided to go uh, very local local this year, push a lot of local players through. And that they are showing that they're more than competitive. And um, no doubt we'll talk about um, how well they actually did in their shield challenge as well, Paul, maybe a bit of a segue there. Paul needs to unmute himself. <laughs> yes, yes, you, sir. <laughs> Sorry, I muted I, I myself to, to pull my beer, so you didn't, all didn't have to listen to me. So you all listen, could listen to the wonderful words of Stephen and not be uh, and not be distracted yes. by me yes, cracking the can open. But I'll tell you what, we're just we're just a, folks, we're just a little bit out of kilter. You know, we haven't we haven't played together for about three weeks, so we're just probably <laughs> missing that uh, synergy that we have in the uh, midfield in the midfield at the moment. So uh, that that will eventually come. We'll get that with a little bit more transparency. Yes, it says the flank who used to play uh, 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 to, to the hooker. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we're, we're a great midfield partnership. Um, Anyway, as you say, let's, let's move on rather than me ranting about New Zealand rugby ruining the best rugby competition in the country. Um, Hawks Bay um, against County Manukau, 33-32. As I said, watch this. I have my daughters here. But look, I'm looking at the scores uh, and, and tracking it. Hawks Bay had this one in the bag. Um, and then counties came back. And boy, boy, oh boy, um, the uh, I think I caught the end of it. And they could have, um, uh, they actually could have, they came down to sort of a little, a little indiscipline at the very end that uh, meant the counties didn't go home with the shield. Um, so cracking game from that point of view on Friday night, um, 33 to, um, to 32. Uh, on that note, they should have opened up perhaps the uh, the season opener should perhaps always be a run for the shield challenge. And that would get interest um, as well, rather than that, um, oh, rather than yeah. Canterbury beating uh, Manuel Tupere. Anyway, that's me going back to ranting about New Zealand rugby rather than about the game, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pretty much straight up, straight up, Paul. Like, you know, the, the, interest, the interesting thing about this particular game, it was probably the game was won and lost on County's Monaco ill-discipline in the first half, just giving away a lot of penalties and with with on the back of those penalties, giving the Magpies a lot of ball. And we know that they're they're a team with a lot of strike power, good um good offloading game, which basically kills a lot of team. And at 28-6, even I even I might have posted somewhere game over. Well, little did I know I didn't take into account the fortitude of uh, of County's Monaco. All of a sudden they started um Holding on to, onto some ball, they did. They, they they did. They did get hurt for a little while between the 50th and 60th minute when they met when they uh, lost uh, a number eight two four uh, to a, a yellow card. So that was a little un, unfortunate that they they lost him. But um, boy, they they hung in there, and uh, you know, with the likes of Roy Gard at halfback, who's made a really good start to the season, just kept varying their play and they came right they came right back into the team and with 10 minutes to go scored a couple of tries but one of the outstanding tries was um 
from Nanai Satoro. We all know what sort of talent this guy's got. Paul, you've seen a lot of him running around for the Chiefs, but on the wing, all of a sudden we've seen him in his rightful position of fullback. And he looks absolutely comfortable there. So I think there's a lesson to a lot of the a lot of the coaches. Um, don't play this guy out of position. Play him at fullback. Listen, if you're the Chiefs coaches, uh, Clayton McMillan, play him at fullback. Because uh, I just I would suggest there was an opportunity for counties to take this game right at the end, but replacement uh, one of the replacement players dropped dropped the pill, and that was pretty much the end of the game. They'll be, they'll definitely be kicking themselves on this one because the opportunity was there. But great great comeback from counties, Marco. Yeah, look, a, unfortunately, there's a lot of very very good fullbacks running around at the moment. But Will Jordan can't even get to the 15 jersey for the All Blacks. Um, anyway. Uh, and David Havili can't play uh, can't play fullback anymore either because he's uh, he's been pushed out of it because there's so many good fullbacks around. But anyway, uh, yeah. So so congratulations, Kenny's coming back, but well done, Hawks Faith holding on. Next up, um, shock of the round: Otago beating Tasman, Tas uh, twenty-five to nineteen. Uh, Tasman, look, they have been finalists and champions uh, perennially for the past few years. So really impressive result there from Otago, who were who were a championship side last season um, up against um, up against that team. Um, big surprise there um, with that one. Um, and then the game that uh, you were at, um, Stephen, Northland versus Waikato, 10 to 16. Uh, now, look, um, this is one that um, our Stato uh, Boa had um, pulled up as potentially being a, a bit of an upset for Northland. Uh, he thought they would be able to, to, uh, to, 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 to get it. Uh, Waikato, look, champions last year. Um, so I would have thought they would come up with a bigger win than this. So who was who was really the best that the right here? Me that um, that Northland have overperformed because they kept it close, or him that they underperformed um, when they could have actually won this one. Oh, listen, Paul, they they started well, which is in most games of rugby, what you need to do is get off to that good start. They they scored early, and at ten six up at half time and with the elements behind them a little bit of a southwesterly and knowing that there was some wet weather coming in they had an opportunity to pin Waikato down but really at the end of the day this came down to the Waikato set piece line out set piece and line out and scrum just being that little bit better and uh, also the class of um, Damien McKenzie as, as well there were times in the first half when Northern actually got on the outside of Waikato and they'd put a kick ahead and before you know it Damien McKenzie was just in the right place at the right time. Northland defended rather well in this game. Lucky to, pick, in my opinion, lucky to pick up a bonus point. But they, they I think their defence actually kept them in the game. And at the end of the day, that final score probably flattered Northland. Um, and whilst they probably missed a trick, will be to me they're, they're actually they're actually quite fortunate that they only finished uh, six points behind. It's never easy for Waikato. Had Waikato lost that game, it would have been the first time since 1973 that they'd lost three games in a row to. Uh, well, back then it would have been North Auckland. Um, Paul Northland have always had success over over Waikato, and, and, and listen, it wasn't an easy night at the office for the visitors, but they'll be happy enough with the win, especially after sharing the honours in their first game against uh, Hawks Bay. But uh, a much improved uh, start for the Tanifa. I thought they were hit rather late in the police. They lost off a Tuanga Fassi in the leading hours up, up to the game with a heavy cold. Uh, but from what I understand, they, they both Jack Goodhue and Offa Tuanga Fassi are going to be available to play minutes for Northland this weekend against Wellington. Which would be fantastic for them. Um, and uh, you got a couple of interviews after that game, didn't you, as well? So um, 
the uh, uh, tell people about those interviews and that they can go and get them over on our New Zealand Sport, mm. Sport Radio Facebook page. What 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 were yeah. interviews you got there? Oh, okay. Listen, I've, I've picked up a few, obviously, with Mitch uh, Jacobson, skipper of, uh, of of Waikato. Love, lovely fella as well. Really, really, really nice. Also caught up with um, uh, Josh Morby, who's uh, obviously transferred to, to Northland this year after being down in, 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 in Southland and, of course, having a bit of a stellar season. With that, with the Hurricanes, Crystal Murray, the uh, captain of no, the. Whoa, 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 Obviously not not a hundred percent at this stage. He obviously wouldn't wouldn't tell me anyway. But um, yeah, really, 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 uh, really, really interesting. And it's good to see our All Blacks in that game. But more importantly, good, good, good sized crowd at uh, Simonoff Stadium uh, to support the Tanifa. Yeah, they're doing some good things up there with um, working with the community and also obviously with the Women's Rugby World Cup heading up there soon um, as well. So there's lots of excitement about rugby up at uh, up in Northland currently. Finally, the final game on Saturday saw Canterbury um, beat Wellington 43-10. to 10. Wow, look, this Wellington team with some good names in it, uh, but Canterbury really have laid down an early marker um, with this one as, 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 as well, yeah, basically one of the teams to beat. So um, great start um, for Canterbury there. Moving into Sunday, um, first game up, Bay of Plenty, 46, Taranaki, 6. Ouch. Did not well, see. Uh, well, uh, did not really expect um, I mean, this, this. This kind of result. Taranaki last year um, had were, were unbeaten uh, as they went to the championships t- title. Uh, Bay of Plenty last year. Let's be honest. Brought in some ex Super Rugby coaches. It didn't work. Those coaches have moved on very quickly. And uh, Mike Delaney now um, is basically his first stint as a head coach at this kind of level. Uh, and um, it's working for Bay of Plenty there with that uh, with that win over Taranaki. Um, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a uh, surprise result, I guess, with the new coaching setup of Bear Plenty and a successful coaching setup of Taranaki uh, struggling um, this year. Oh, Bay of Plenty, that was uh, some performance. I was sort of in, in and out between two games and Southland game running at the same time, but we had an unexpected um, pause in that particular game, which we'll get to shortly. So I was able to quickly flick across back to the other side and check out Bay of Plenty, Taranaki. Yeah, Taranaki struggling this year. Listen, on the surface, surface of, of it, they've still got a reasonable um, reasonable pack happening and they've got the same halves from last year, but just missing that, uh, that X factor that they had last year. Of course, uh, uh, Nahulo, uh, Ratu, Ratumavaki, uh, Nipkins didn't uh, play this weekend, but just doesn't seem to be gelling. I think they might have they had their confidence knocked after losing uh, losing uh, round one. <laughs> Simon Hughes reckons they're missing the championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, they, they won all their crossover games, which didn't happen. And then look, they lost. They went lost last weekend was the Northland, who who were a championship team last year. So look, I don't think you can really um, really blame that as as being the problem. To be honest. No, 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 probably not. I think it for them it might be just a, a it might be just a confidence thing. They got on a run last year and uh, got that tempo going, but you know, you look through most of that that squad again, but you know, once once again they got a few people people missing as well. You know, remember they had Josh Josh Lord there last year 
uh, running it running around for them before he actually got injured, if I if I recall. So yeah, uh, yeah might might be just a depth thing on the other side of the coin, Paul. Um, Taranaki, uh, beg your pardon, Bay of Plenty. Wow, they are just running absolutely hot. Really impressed with their centre, Walton, who's out of the club competition. Looks a really, really good player, but it's their pack that's doing it at, at the minute for it, the likes of Sangster, Salby, Rickett. Um, that's a hell of a hell of a middle row, and Zane Capelli is a human cannonball at number eight for, for them at the moment. And, you know, you've got a back three of Narawa, Ah Wong, and, of course, the returning Gillies Kaka, uh, former New Zealand Sevens player. Wow. There's some talent there, but as we very well know, they invested in a lot of uh, talent last year, and that's coming to fruition. Yeah, they were a crack, cracking team. I think, yeah, it was, it was coaching was the issue, not not the not the uh, not the roster uh, last year. Then, yep, Southland twenty three, Auckland twenty four. Boy, oh boy! Um, as you say, uh, Southland uh, at, the top, at the top of the show, you've mentioned how they were TAB outsiders uh, expected to basically have a well, get thrashed each or, or or not get near a win all season. Um, to get within a point of Auckland with with the squad they have on paper, that's a cracking result for, for Southland, isn't it? Oh, listen, and and I know even from their first round against um, their first round against Tasman, talking to uh, messaging Dale McLeod, you know they are just frustrated they didn't get across the line in that game, and once again in this particular game, I actually thought there was an opportunity. Seven minutes to go, you're down, um, <clears throat> you're down. 24-16, you have a kickable penalty, you've got to score twice, you need to take that shot at goal, and a converted try wins you the wins you the game. Marty banks to tap it and tap it, you know, take the quick tap, they lose, lose perception of the ball, and the opportunity is lost, and they score credit to them, they score right at the end, and the try is converted, and it leaves them one point short, you know, as you say, Paul, if those three points are on offer, you're still in the game, you, you take those three points, but for a side... You look through all these names, and there's not a lot of names that we that we know. But by the end of the season, all of a sudden, these names will be up on lights, yep. and Super Rugby teams will be looking around. Wallace, the halfback, I'll just highlight the player. He looks a got a little bit of Aaron Smith about him. Looks a really, really good player, and uh, maybe one to watch. Uh, thin out on the wing with the headgear, very strong. And uh, like I say, not too many name play, players. Uh, Solomon, good to see Solomon Ale Marlow after taking time out, actually coming back to uh, this level of football. And uh, Scott Gregory at second five, wow, looks like a, a renewed player playing in his rightful position at <laughs> second five under Dale McLeod. <laughs> Am yeah, I making absolutely. a bit of a point there? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. We've already caught, talked about the Harbour game versus uh, Manawa 2 there with that one. So, uh, as you say, looking at the uh, the, the tables um, in the odds conference, I mean, geez. What a catchy name that is, Odds Conference. Yeah. I mean, that's going to get people yeah. really uh, into it, isn't it? Um, yeah. Hawks Bay lead the way on eight points uh, ahead of Bay of Plenty and Waikato. Um, nobody has managed to win both their games there. That's yeah. a, a, with a draw, uh, winning the draw for Hawks Bay and, um, and Waikato. Southland there at the bottom there with two losing bonus points, um, as we've kind of talked about. On the Evens Conference, um, Auckland lead the way with three wins, having uh, played their storm week uh, with 14 points ahead of Canterbury, who are on 15 points with two wins. Uh, and Manawa, two uh, at the bottom there, three losses, but Taranaki also in two losses. So, uh, yeah, two, um, uh, those two, uh, obviously, Auckland and Canterbury looking uh, in the, uh, the, the 
the the when you've got also Tasman in that conference, you're like, wow, that's a <laughs> that is a uh, that's a stacked mm-hmm. conference. Um, and uh, you've got to say, oh, you want to be in that uh, in that odds conference there. I think personally, uh, with let's say Hawks Bay. Bay of Plenty and Waikato looking good um, at um, yep. the moment on that Paul, one. Just, just, Paul, just before we move on from the NPC, just a, a few things that I just quickly want to highlight from this weekend's NPC. And um, I see uh, Nocturnal just popped it up before. Jacob uh, Jacob Morrison, sign, uh, son of uh, former New Zealand cricketer Danny Morrison, um, coming off the bench and scoring a, a try for Southland right at the end there. So um, that's got me curious in terms of, uh, uh, of course, Danny Morrison, a, a North Shore boy, bo- bo- sort of born and bred, but of son Jacob Morrison um, playing down in the, uh, uh, playing for the Southland Stags. That's the first thing. Second thing is, and once again, nocturnal rights can come to the party again. Interestingly enough, Cam Miller, starting at first five for Otago on the weekend. And he looks like he pretty much um, played most of the minutes. Josh Ioane stuck on the on the bench the weekend. That was that was really, really interesting to me in the uh, uh, Tasman-Otago game. And uh, just finally, for all those unions out there, if you've got a, uh, if you've got a toaster in your kitchen, um, just make sure that toaster, that toaster is up to date because that's the sort of thing that can basically shut a game of rugby down if the uh, toaster's got any wiring issues. And you have a, yeah, the fire alarm goes off. Dear me, yeah. I know people suggesting, oh, it could be a bomb scare. Folks, yeah, who we live said in New that? Zealand. Oh, Chill out. That? <laughs> we live in New Zealand. Relax, okay, folks. Well, this is not so. Yeah. Oh dear, bomb scare. <laughs> anyway. Um, believe me, uh, they believe wouldn't, me. <laughs> wouldn't an overall table make more sense if they're going to um, all go for the same trophy? Uh, boy, oh boy, you know, look, reviewer, stop trying to talk uh, common sense to this. Look, we're talking about rugby um, administrators here who are looking at how can we make this the most complicated and confusing competition we can. Because you know what, that works so well with Super Rugby that we might as well copy something like that and find a convoluted. Um, conference system that no one understands uh so why not have it yes exactly have a table that is um that is uh 14 teams uh, and then just take the top eight into quarterfinals no we've got to have different conferences so that everyone's played at everyone else in their own conference at least once blah 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 to get into conferences to get into quarterfinals uh, look it's just basically uh how do we try and fit a 14 team competition into 10 weeks as simon says why don't we give them a couple more weeks and actually have um, and actually have some uh, uh, actually maybe have a, a fourteen week round robin and um, play each every other team once and then have uh, semi-finals and quarterfinals but um, or semi-finals and final but no that's not what they're going to have um, they say they got, they say they've only got this 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 window to fit to fit it into it's still a twelve week competition with nine weeks plus three weeks of finals last year was ten weeks plus two weeks of finals. Um, They've decided that's the window that they have, um, and they won't give provincial rugby any more of a window than that. Um, end of uh, end of story, um, because uh, Super Rugby teams want to have their pre-season start before Christmas, essentially. But there you go. Um, that's me. Another rant about uh, New Zealand rugby not giving the NPC uh, the um, deserved attention and uh, coverage window, etc. That's the best competition in or best competition in men's rugby in New Zealand um, deserves. But anyway. There we go. Um, should we get past ranting then? I was about to say we should end it. It is the heart and soul of New Zealand. <laughs> now we can end it. 
Um, now, folks, um, uh, I'll, I'll take over the full screen for, for this sort of bit as we do a, a, a bit of a section, uh, as I take a bit of a break into what's that's not rugby. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ranting uh, a couple of times tonight. Um, that's possibly partially because uh, I've perhaps not been in the best place that I could have been for the past couple of weeks. Um, the uh, and all of that's down to my own uh, my, my own fault and not getting stuff sorted out and not recognizing my own triggers. Um, but uh, look, if you do uh, have uh, mental health issues or um, or, or suffer with depression, then please, folks, try and understand your triggers um, and try and work around those um, as best you can. And do also reach out and talk to people. One of the things that again I talk about and don't necessarily and don't always do. Um, sometimes I find it easier talking to a camera than I do talking to uh, to people. Um, for example. Um, so, yeah, look, I've uh, had a few issues these last couple of weeks. Part of it's around doing the exam that I'm trying to do to become a uh, um, a bar manager, which is a stupid thing to get stressed about and uh, and trigger you. But hey, we have our own triggers. We have our own things that um, uh, the, 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 the kick us off. And that's one of mine uh, is basically doing forms and admin. Not very good when governments like you to fill in forms and admin. Um, and I should become a New Zealand resident. I've been here for plenty of, uh, sorry, a New Zealand citizen. I've been here for plenty of years, but that involves filling in a form, which I just raises my hackles and I, I just find hard to do. Um, don't worry, I'm not here illegally. Um, I do have residency, um, but I should get some citizenship. But so yeah, I was sat in my car today and I uh, didn't want to leave my car to go into my own home because, which, which I live in my, by myself. It's not like there's anyone in here who's going to upset me um, because I just uh, didn't want to have to approach the computer screen and see if there was an exam I hadn't done. Um, so, folks, please uh, recognize your triggers, try and um, minimize those and do talk uh, and reach out to people as best you can. As I say, uh, not at my best at the moment. Um, and uh, once I get that exam out of the way, I'll be, or that test out of the way, I'll be um, actually in a much better place um, than, than all that. But anyway, there we go. That's just my little bit about mental health. And I'll bring um, Stephen back in so we can talk about Farah Palmer Cup. That's a pull. That's a pull. I just want to support what you're saying. Very, very well said. If there's anybody up there who does does watch a show, make sure you actually reach out to somebody. Talking with somebody is a really good thing, and uh, it, you, you'd basically be surprised, you know, how you can actually slap out a uh, snap out of a situation like that. I won't go on because I'm I'm not an expert on uh, on on mental health, but what I do uh, recognise is anybody who with a mental problem, basically reach out reach reach out to somebody who who will basically uh, um, help you through this. So good luck with that, Paul, and good luck to anybody else out there. But, you know, back on to something that we love is uh, this particular program. And uh, we're going to talk, is it Farrah Palmer Cup? Yep, so Farrah Palmer Cup up next. Um, now, this one is split into um, a championship and, um, oh, what's the word gone blank? Uh, premiership, there we go. Um, Looking at the results, and my results aren't split that way, unfortunately. So, I get, so, I get, so I've got to try and remember which one is a championship team and which one is a, is a premiership team. But um, Otago Spirit, um, yeah, really uh, over Tasman, 39-7. to 7. I've talked before about how Tasman uh, know that they're a young development uh, level team because they don't have university. They know they're going to lose all of their players. Yeah. Um, and uh, so unsurprising there, whereas Otago with the university uh, are in a much stronger um position otago now with four wins uh out of four with four boat try bonus points really dom really looking strong in that zone championship um and uh, the team to beat as far as promotion goes so no uh, um no shade on tasman for for that one hawks bay 45 um over taranaki 15 again taranaki uh newish struggling uh team 
um, four losses so far. So Hawks Bay keeping that um, pressure on Otago in that one. And then Northland 23, uh, 27 to beat North Harbour 23. Now, Northland, a couple of years ago, um, when we went north-south uh, because of COVID, uh, really did um, challenge and were looking at being in that, uh, I think they made the semi-finals that year, um, when it was sort of a mix of both teams. Um, but uh, since it's gone back to Premiership Championship, haven't managed to really put in those performances. Uh, when it was a mixed up and they were playing against Premiership teams, you're like, boy, these, this team deserves to be in the Premiership. But they don't seem to be able to put those results together to um, to get them that, to, to get that promotion, um, Stephen. Yeah, you, you're correct, Paul. They're probably missing, if you think back to those times, they, they had the likes of Portia Woodman, uh, Victoria Sabritsky, Nafatali, uh, also Tyler Nathan Wong. You know, they had players of that calibre uh, and experience, but at the moment they've had to replace some of those uh, players with a lot of young experience as as well. And as per um, uh, a, a couple of interviews that I did with two of Northland's uh, rising, rising, rising stars, um, uh, Tata Turner, and um, also I've just for the life of me forgotten the name of their girl. Uh, the other uh, uh, other other player, Johnson Kerry Johnson, beg your pardon, who is actually the niece of former All Black Freddie Freddie Woodman. So. The, uh, sorry, not the niece, the grandchild of uh, former All Black uh, Freddie Woodman. Um, so they've got a lot of young talent in this, in this side that are that are that are finding their way. I think with Northland at the moment, they are probably in two minds in terms of which game plan that they want to play. You know, they've got some really good ball running forwards, and it's just really finding that balance between what they know best. And what they know, what they've got out wide. I know a lot of the feedback. I'm, I'm pretty much, pretty, pretty much hearing that. Really, what they're looking to do is trying to grind sides down. But at times, they're getting away from their game plan, getting a little bit loose, turning ball over, and that's when they've been able to bring sides like North Harbour back into the game. Of course, they were up 22. 13, I think it was, at halftime, comfortable, probably the breeze behind them, Harbour fought back, and as the previous week before against uh, Tasman, when they had a big lead, uh, once again, they got ran down at the end, and that's simply by straying from the game plan, but you can't blame them, Paul, because they've got some weapons out in the uh, in the wide channels, but admittedly very, very young. I think um, Tara Turner is only about... 17 and Kerry Johnson about 18. So we're, we're talking real youngsters again. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, the, other, the other week um, when I was watching uh, up at so Counties, um, I think it was, uh, they've got a 16-year-old running around um, out there for Wellington, was it? I think it was they were, they were playing it from mm-hmm. memory. Um, anyway, so um, look, there are, you've, you've got those. And then your next interview uh, over on the New Zealand Sports Radio um, Facebook page is with Crystal Murray, who is a or super rugby player and also Blackfoot. Um, so you've got 17-year-olds running, uh, playing, well, with in this case, but also against um, yeah. Blackfoot. And we talk about player welfare and how black, how all Blacks um, wouldn't be safe to play against club players. You went, wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, so that, that issue is also up there on that Facebook page. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, inter- it's an interesting mix, isn't it, Stephen? It, oh, it is, Paul. You know, the crazy thing about it, this would never happen at NPC level, you know. If you, it would never happen, not 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 in a month of Sunday. You know, you might find the odd eighteen or nineteen year old will be part of a um, part of a wider training squad or um, or a PDF or player development 
uh, type player, but might get limited, limited minutes, if, if any at all. But to see players of this young young age, and of course, um, the two experienced heads in the Northland team, Crystal Murray and um, Charmaine Smith, who's uh, running around for the for the Kauri this year, beg your, beg your pardon. Um, you know, obviously, you know, just finding the right right game plan, which which suits their team, but all of a sudden you've got these uh, young kids that are so enthusiastic out, out in the backs. It must be interesting times, but it's handy to have that sort of leadership within the squad. Absolutely. Um, moving on then to the uh, Premiership games of uh, the weekend. Um, and uh, Manawatu, uh, who was struggling off to the MPC, but uh, in the Farrah Palmer Cup, beat uh, Wellington 38-17. to Good win for them there. Um, Canterbury over Waikato. Repeat of the final from last year, 29-27. to Cracking game um, by the looks of their side. So I didn't get the... It wasn't that long. So two-point win there for Canterbury over the reigning champions, uh, Waikato. And then on Sunday... Um, Bay of Plenty up against Counties Manukau. Uh, Counties Manukau um, uh, won that one 12 to 25. Meaning that uh, looking at the Premiership now, then we've got uh, Canterbury at the top there, four wins with uh, four bonus points um, with uh, on 20 points um, ahead of Waikato with uh, three wins and that just and their first loss there on 14. Um, Auckland Storm, uh, Counties Manukau, and Bay of Plenty have all got two wins. Uh, in that uh, tight mid-table there with Wellington Pride at the bottom on six points us um, and uh, Mano Two Cyclones on seven just above them. But both those teams just with the one win at the bottom there. So um, you've got to say real tight midfield or, 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 or yeah, real, real tight mid-table, sorry. I'm talking about football, football there about midfield. Mm-hmm. A real tight mid, mid-table there with Auckland County's Bay of Plenty uh, with uh, the two finalists perhaps, uh, uh, well, at the top, at the top again, Paul, Paul I, I took in the highlights of the Canterbury uh, Waikato game, <clears throat> obviously knowing the score at the time. But you know, at one stage during this game, <clears throat> in the thirty-fifth minute of the thirty-fifth minute of the first half, Canterbury led by nineteen points to six, and you thought, well, maybe it's not going to be Waikato's day. Waikato get a try just before halftime, converted by by Rennie Holmes, and then by the 49th minute, they're leading by twenty points to nineteen with half hour to go, and then Canterbury jump back in the lead, and at the sixty-third minute. Um, Waikato um, score and Rene Holmes kicks the conversion there ahead uh, 27-24 but it's a late uh, Kendra Coxedge try uh, which she converted herself which gave them the win by 29-27 but really a game that uh, just looked an absolute cracker and that's probably the the, uh, the level that many of these teams need to be aspiring to um, you've, got, you've got to say Canterbury and Waikato have certainly got that down pad yeah, looking forward to next weekend then, folks. Um, I will probably be at uh, Canaries Manukau versus Waikato in the uh, Bunnings NPC on Friday night. That's a 7pm kickoff. On um, Saturday, there is a uh, double header at North Harbour, so I'll probably get in touch with them um, around uh, uh, trying to do that. So North Harbour um, women playing Otago at 2 o'clock, um, followed um, by um, North Harbour versus Tasman. Uh, 4.30 in the NPC. Um, Ashwin, if you're uh, listening, I might be asking for a bed on that Friday night so I don't have to drive backwards and forwards. Uh, it's, well, actually, I won't do it if I should drive backwards and forwards. I can say Ashwin, I probably will. Um, then maybe also catch Auckland versus Bay of Plenty on the Sunday there. Um, I don't know, uh, Stephen, if you're planning on that one or um, 
uh, on, on Sunday because um, I know you've got a media pass for them. I've not actually got in touch with Auckland yet, so I'm not sure whether, I would be, whether they'll give me one or not. But um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, so those look like the games that will uh, try and bring you coverage from um, this um, coming weekend. All of the um, uh, Farrah Palmer Cup games are on Saturday this coming weekend. If I can't stay over at Arshman's, I'll probably catch Waikato versus Auckland Storm instead rather than going all the way back up for North Harbour's games. Um, but uh, there you go. That's my, that's my plan, I think, for yep. the coming weekend. Yeah, Paul, I'm, I'm probably looking at heading off to that Auckland Bay of Plenty game. I, I think that should be a good game. Both, <coughs> both excuse me, both teams coming off a win and, of course, uh, Auckland coming off a stretch. And I wondered how long it was going to take me to start coughing, so I'm just going to move <laughs> Cool, right then. So that um, parks our, uh, our um, uh, domestic rugby um, and then we can crack on with the um, international stuff. Um, so first off, we'll talk about the actual games and then we'll talk about the uh, afterwards, the impact on any uh, coaching things, folks. Um, and uh, we'll see if we can, uh, pro well, we'll see how long we can keep Stephen before he keels over and dies um, with his cough. Uh, we're going to try and keep him alive for the, uh, so he can get to Auckland uh, Bay of Plenty for the weekend. Um, so we kicked off with um, South Africa versus New Zealand um, with the, um, Look, a, a, a much more impressive start by the All Blacks from the previous weekend. A scrum on halfway-ish that uh, was theirs. They gave a penalty and then they never basically got out of their half again. This time, um, cross-field kick to, by Habili to um, Sevilla. Breaks down there. Willemse kills the ball. Uh, and we have a yellow card for South Africa um, in the opening uh, three minutes. Um, now, the All Blacks couldn't convert during that. And we have Peter Sift of Toy make a break down the other end. So both sides basically having opportunities early on. Neither of them really, uh, well, neither of them being able to, uh, uh, to, to, to finish anything. Uh, thoughts with Jesse Creel as um, uh, <laughs> as Clark takes out another Springbok um, <laughs> after taking out, uh, after, uh, look, poor tackle technique on a body that size is going to get you in trouble. We saw that with Faf last weekend. We saw that with Jesse Creel uh, this weekend. Um but the big difference I think, in the opening 20 minutes, we, we haven't even got a score yet, let's be honest, uh, was, look, the All Blacks weren't losing the aerial contest and they weren't getting turned over at the breakdown. Uh, and now with those two things, A, that means that uh, the Springboks weren't getting a uh, an attacking platform further up the pitch because they weren't turning over kicks and B, uh, or, or, or rucks. Um, and that meant that the All Blacks, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, we're in a position to uh, to basically, uh, well, basically to, to, to do some phases uh, and kick with safety rather than losing the ball. 
I personally don't think there was that much difference between the game plan this weekend and the previous weekend when we saw, because we saw the All Blacks run the ball from their own 22 this weekend uh, and have some great breaks, not necessarily not necessarily finishing in tries. Um, but just the execution was better this weekend um, around that breakdown, around that high ball. Um, Stephen, did you see a big change or did you, or do you think it was just better execution of the same game plan? No, Paul, I've actually got to agree with you. Straight on, straight up, I'd be to say they pretty much nailed all the high kicks that were sent to them. They were a little bit more accurate on the, uh, a little bit more accurate in the pass. And I, and I just think they're a little bit more accurate at, 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 at breakdown, contesting on line out, you know, generally in, in most cases winning, winning their own ball. I suppose the only real concern after 20 minutes, they hadn't posted any in any tries but when the points did come they sort of came in about a nine nine minute period I suppose the only thing they would be a little bit disappointed is the six minutes leading up to half time leading South Africa back in with with 10 points because um you know going in five points at, at, at half time they probably somewhere in the back of their head I would imagine they would have probably been a, a tad disappointed Paul playing playing a lot of footy but um only only in front by five points yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, the uh, they had the better of the possession, but not the territory in that first half. It flipped around in the second half, so they had less possession but more territory. Um, but um, and that's without the wind per se. Let's be let, let's be honest here. Um, run meters very similar um, on that one. But um, you talk about set piece. You say yeah, challenging the set piece. Neither side, um, particularly early on, um, were, particularly were, were were great with set pieces. Um, the Springboks lost to Scrum. The um, All Blacks lost two. The Springboks lost four lineouts. The All Blacks lost two. Um, so, uh, look, I'd say the set piece was misfiring for both games um, to, uh, uh, to to uh, to to a degree. This one. Some interesting things here around um, the uh, South Africa, and I know the commentary. Um, and I've seen some comments on on Twitter about the poor work on commentary. And I think it's perhaps one of the worst commentary games we've seen from the New Zealand commentators saying the front row is being replaced in its entirety when it wasn't only one uh, a prop and a hooker was being replaced by South Africa so they got that wrong um, Justin Marshall talking a lot about how oh look early changes must mean basically the the the, the spring box um, forward to be running around they're all tired now look you've got Dwembe coming on Dwembe um, because uh, third choice hooker because the first choice one is is, is crook um, I think the plan was always for him to run short. Uh, if he was going to run and then bring marks on rather than uh, to, to finish off for more than a half of rugby. Same with Dwayne Vermeulen. We, we were talking in our live chat um, pre-week that I didn't think he was going to make, if he was, as he was starting, I didn't think he was going to finish the first half and would get replaced. And it was like, and, and um, Bo was like, right, that's enough for him to control the game or dominate the game or, or, or make an impact. And that's fine. They just playing with the... Um, uh, with the rules and, and use them in a different way that people aren't or, or people aren't used to saying, oh, well, you've got to bring the guy off in the last, uh, you've got to start with your best player who will play 60 minutes. No, you don't. You can play that 30 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the first half and just just flip it around the other way. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, I think it's the tactics of the spring box have been very interesting and perhaps more innovative than we've seen from, from most other teams around the world, Stephen. Oh, it, 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 absolutely! I, I, I was just looking at oh, the. Uh, I was going to say, looking at looking at the social social media, I know a lot of people are, are, are talking about the uh, uh, the performance of of the referee Luke, Luke Pierce that he was a technical 
technical referee. Well, he was a technical referee, but if you kind of look back at a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the things that he picked up, he was probably right at the end of the day. Like the only one I really questioned was a uh, a throw into the to the to the line out, which was crooked, one by by South Africa. But I suppose at the end of the day, it wasn't clean clean position at the, at the end of the day and they only really took it through uh, well they never actually got through one phase did they so really at the end of the day he probably thought listen there's no advantage so he he, he took it back there are a, a, a couple of other techni- technicalities that he that he picked up along the way listen even as a, even if a mall is going forward you you just can't t- you can't lift anybody's leg off the ground even if you're driving it off, off the ground, and I think that's what he probably picked the All Blacks up for. I know I, I see one of the posters in there basically said the All Blacks got all their high kicks as they um, they used illegal blocks. Listen, if you stand your ground without moving, then it's not an issue. If yep. you change your lane in front of a, a runner, then it's an issue. And I think there's at least with at least four officials, with counting the TMA, if none of them, none of them pick it up, well, you've you've probably got away with something. Look, to me, it's um, the I, I I really don't like this comment of uh, a technical referee. What you actually mean is he's what you mean he's actually ruling, he's actually blowing the whistle according to the laws of the book. Wow, that's yes, technical referee, quite right. Uh, he's not just going, oh, that scrum's going forwards, so I guess I'll give them dominance. No, it doesn't matter if you're going forwards or backwards. If you're going forwards illegally, then you should be blown for it. Sorry, but yeah. so um, yeah. So I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I've seen that a lot. I thought he was had a very, very good game. Right? Yeah. I mean, is he going to get every single call right? No, he's human, just like we are. Yeah. Um, now, the, 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 the non-straight line-out, yes, it was not straight because the All Blacks threw it onto the South African side. Now, okay, yes, you've given them an advantage, but it's straight whether you throw it to your side or to their side. You've got to throw it straight. I guess the law says straight. Law, the law doesn't say not towards your position or not, not towards your side. You can throw it towards your position side. No, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> you've got to throw it straight. So if you throw it over their shoulder, it's still not straight. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, there was a, I thought it was good, a good performance by the referee. Paul, there was another one. I think it might have been um, Fletcher Newell's first scrum when he was, I think, uh, George Bauer was on the loose head side and the um, and the All Blacks got a dominant push. And I think it was Bauer who was penalised for for, sta- for standing up. And, you know, when you actually saw the replay from that side, he was actually the first player that an- initiated actually actually going, uh, um, going up. Um, yeah, so... Crazy. Um, he was. He was. He was. He was dead right at dead right at the times. Um, listen, I think the game. I think the games. It, 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 it's happened now. Four, the All Blacks scored four tries, four tries, four tries to two. Um, mate, is it? Is it? Is it? A, is it a team that's turned it around? I, I'd. I'd still say no at this stage because the South Africans, the South Africans did, did make some changes and and probably you know at the end of the day, well that's that's they're doing. No, nobody else. But man, credit to the All Blacks should be given a lot of credit, Paul, because going into this game, I don't think our, I don't think the South African media, the South African fans, I don't think even the even All Black fans, even probably just the most ardent ones, who basically love the All Blacks, um, categorically, were basically giving them a chance. And you're playing at a real fortress. That's a, that's a fortress. Um, uh, Alice Park on saying that I heard a stat today that was the third win in a row that the All Blacks have had at Alice Park, and you know you've also got to take into account they're they're playing at altitude. You know 
probably on Foster's, since he's been the All Black coach, that's probably one of his best ever wins, Paul. You would have to say on on paper, was it as dominant as the final scoreline suggests? Probably in my eyes, not not really, because South Africa no. produced made a lot of opportunities themselves, and I think it actually made for a really good game of footy. I mean, say if you got your money's worth, if you went along, you'd be happy. Well, of course, unless you're a South African supporter, you know, you obviously wanted to see a bit of history. First time the Springboks have beaten the All Blacks two in a row since um, a long time ago. Um, the, 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 let, me, the, let, me, let me just go through some numbers since we're talking about this. So it's the first time the All Blacks have ever claimed to win as underdogs. Um, so there we go. So that's uh, it's, uh, it's very rare, obviously, at the TAB that the All Blacks are underdogs. Um, but so there we go. There are four other occasions um, have all been against the Springboks too, um, and they've lost them when they've been underdogs against uh, the Springboks. Um, the 12-point margin is the highest All Blacks um, win over the Springboks at Ellis Park. Um, so, yeah, as you say, that, that thing about being a fortress for them um, is there. Um, and, uh, one that Boa picked up also in our live chat, but 95% winning percentage when Bowden Barrett starts on the bench. Um, so uh, there's that one uh, as well. Um, and um, I thought it was interesting that uh, Richard Moranga went past 300 points. So he now has 302 points as an All Black. Um, only uh, was it, uh, five players are ahead of him. Aaron Cruden on 322 and a massive jump to Grant Fox on 645. Bowden Barrett, 708. Uh, Merton's 967 and Carter 1598 so um, i can't see him catching dan carter up but um aaron crude and definitely well within his sights um for um uh for for for, for that one um lb Ellis park hasn't been unfortunately it's the all blacks since i can remember um the uh the, and uh well he's as, as stephen said look they've won uh the well three on the bounce there now um so yeah um i guess that that is uh that's true um but uh, it is. It is in terms of other. I don't, I don't know if there's any other teams that are probably as have been as successful as the uh, as successful as the All Blacks. There. The other thing I was just going to mention. You know, that was a, a new, pretty much a a new front row. You know, in terms of experience, a pretty inexperienced All Black All Black front row that was fronting up. And and I did mention none of the New Zealand press has actually picked this up, but there's still probably about five or six guys. You know, if you think of Brody Retallick, you think of uh, you think of Joe Moody, you think of Ethan Blackow, you think you think of uh, Jack Goodhue, you think of Anton Leonard Brown, Ofa Tuanga Fussy. There's probably about six guys who who aren't available for this All Black team, but I I just have a funny feeling that um, for some of these guys, especially the likes of maybe Ofa Tuanga Fussy, and even the likes of um, Brody Retallick, I think they may have actually opened the door to others because I actually quite like how that locking combination of uh, Barrett and Whitelock works, Paul. Yeah, look, Barrett's been playing, um, uh, been, been, been playing uh, 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 very well as well. Elvis, I mean, we had an experienced front row as well. Well, experienced obviously in the um, in the hooker, yes, but not sure the props. Whereas, um, yeah, you say it was um, across the board for for the All Blacks there. Um, the uh, and obviously a, a, a much more experienced um, uh, front row to come off the bench for the for the uh, for the swing box, um, and the strength of that bench has been a, has been a big thing um, for um, for the Knoxville Rides Madness dropping to Groot against Ireland shown up here. Yeah, look, I think um, one of the things we've seen with uh, perhaps some of um, 
think is and we'll, we'll get on to this in a second actually because i think the 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 uh, around foster and what's uh, what's been going on. i think during the island one that first test that he was pla- he was basically selecting players that he trusted because he didn't feel safe in his um uh in his uh, uh in his position um this one was kind of like well look i've got to roll the dice anyway because if i lose this one i'm out um so uh, and he did roll the dice. Now, those, should he have rolled the dice earlier in the season with, with some of these bigger props? Yes, but bluntly. <laughs> and it shows selection perhaps in that propping department, in particular in the front row, hasn't been quite right um, on that one. So, um, so yes. And um, uh, the review, so yeah, how is Cullen Grace not in the squad? Yeah, of course, where does he fit um, in this one? So, um, so yeah. Um Box uh, going to change six two split now until we have a full squad back. You can't risk it like this again. Um, I'd look, Lucania Am played fan, is, is showed himself to be the world class um, player that he absolutely is by playing on the wing, and um, basically the, the Springbok didn't miss out. Uh, he, he was he was as good as any as an international winger, um, even though he was playing out of position in this game. Some people, John in our live chat, they are oh, Am's. Underrated. I mean, he's underrated. He's the best thirteen in the world. I mean, Paul, he's a Paul, the, 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 the thing, the thing is, we've never seen it because the game plan that they play with is so is so limited, and we 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 actually, we actually never get to see these brilliant outside outside backs that, that they have, and it's only really when they're actually forced to play a, a particular game plan do, do we actually see these. Do we actually see these guys with with, with opportunities? And boy, their, their footwork is absolutely staggering. Um, Lacanya arm, boy, that's that's about as 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 good a performance you'd see in a in a losing side anywhere. And in my my pimpy on the other side of the wing, you know, even even better. Although I I would think if Caleb Clark could probably play his time over again. Um, He'd probably want to make a better fist of that that, that tackle, really and really and <laughs> truthfully. Te- technically, he did most things right, just didn't hang on, to, didn't did not hang on to the guy uh, hard enough. So it was probably a tackle that should have made. But credit credit to Arm for uh, for finishing uh, finishing that opportunity off. Yeah, look, I, mean, I, I think uh, you say I, th- I think the twenty three thirty five blew the scoreline out a bit. I think twenty three twenty eight was perhaps more reflective of the game. Look, the the uh, the um, the Southampton's came back into this and were leading. Don't forget, with an hour to go, twenty to twenty one. Um, so they did they did get back into the lead. Um, and uh, arguably, if uh, Bowden Barrett hadn't uh, picked up that yellow and hadn't tackled the player off the ball, who knows what would have happened? Um, but uh, maybe that did. Maybe that was uh, taking one for the team, and that did save the game in some ways. Maybe. But there we go. Um, the uh, they, they obviously they play. Obviously, the All Blacks managed to play well with um, with fourteen men uh, to get that uh, to get that try in seventy three minutes. Um, so that's the uh, kind of uh, one other thing, tactical thing I wanted to pick out that I thought was really interesting was when Bowden Barrett went off. What did the All Blacks do? They brought on Quinterpire for Sam Kane and went. Look, we are going to have. We are not going to let Luke play for ten minutes with a player with a player missing in the backfield with the back. Um, so they deliberately brought him on. And then as soon as the 10 minutes were up, um, Tupu Vai um, came on and uh, to, to take the pack back up to eight players. Um, so really, so, so some, some, whilst I was talking earlier about how innovative use by the Springboks with the, uh, with their bench 
uh, and how they did it. I thought the All, yeah, the All Blacks also showed uh, towards the end of the game their innovative use of the bench to make sure that whilst they had a yellow card, the man down was in an area of the pitch that they wanted, not where the player who was infringing was from necessarily. So, um, so yeah, interesting. So, well, well, so interesting use of uh, of the bench there by the um, by the All Blacks. Um, let's flip over to um, the uh, the other game before we talk about the the, the, the fallout from this one. Uh, Argentina versus Australia. Um, look, Australia won last weekend. Argentina came back in this one. Um, Australia with six like sixteen in first choice injuries. Uh, I mean, they're decimated um, as, um, uh, as 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 a team. Um, so, I mean, not, not surprising here that Argentina got up. Was this really a um, a forty-seven? Does forty-eight seventeen really show um, the the dominance or, 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 or reflect the scoreline? Personally, I don't think it did. Um, look at thirty-six seventeen. Um, you basically had the Wallabies playing out of their own 22 uh, and pushing the game, which uh, saw the scoreline blow out with two late tries. So I think a um, uh, that so look with that um, at 36-17, being within two scores, the uh, the Wallabies were still in that one kind of thing, in it with that a great 50-22 that they that they well, they screwed up after that. Um, but um, so to me, I think that two score lead is probably more reflective of this rather than the 31-point lead that we ended up with. Um, and uh, I guess that, that's my summary of, um, of that game because we're running soon. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you're pretty much right. Listen, the, the Argentinians got out, got out of the block for a moment there. It looked like a, like a game where if tackling was, a, was, was an option. And, and, and unfortunately, one team tightened up their, tightened up their defence and the other just, on, just kept on, on scoring tries. Um, you know, whilst Australia have got all these these injuries, gee, I I look through this team and it still wasn't a bad sort of side that they 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 put on the on the on the paddock. But I, I suppose just messing with with some various combinations. But I think at the end of the day, I think they'd be pretty gutted um, to have conceded that that, that many points. Um, probably one of the most probably one of the most disappointing performances um, during um, Dave Rennie's. Rainer's head coach Paul. I know they they took a bit of a battering and uh, probably early in the piece when he was the coach against the All Blacks. But to fair to be fair back there, he put a pretty young side, young and ex- experienced uh, side on 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 the paddock. So um, and once again, they obviously missed their inspirational captain uh, um, <clears throat> uh, Hooper as as well. So um, a, b- a big loss for the Wallabies. Hopefully he's okay though. Yeah, he's okay, and obviously, yeah, missing him. Obviously, uh, also missing um, uh, Karevi uh, at twelve, arguably the best twelve in the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if he hasn't played much um, on that one, so um, yeah. To be honest, I look. We in, in our live chat there was question mark as to uh, should Rennie be getting the same sort of flack as Foster at the moment? And I guess I point out two things. One, there's the injury piece, um, and they don't have the same depth um, as New Zealand have, and then also. Is this, which is shows you? Uh, look, I mean, these are the world rankings of the two teams of Australia and uh, the All Blacks. Australia never been number one, and uh, he took them over uh, in sort of 2019. So around this sort of point mark where they would 
they've just dropped or, or Czech would taken them from third down to sort of seventh, sixth in the world. And he has shown well, pretty flat to slightly up, um, getting up to third at one point, um, currently around about fifth. So, look, he has improved. So the expectation is much more, is is, is around sort of, sort of kind of point. You look at the All Blacks where they've uh, historically been number one, occasionally dropped to number two. Um, now, Foster was part of the setup that uh, saw them drop down sort of like two, maybe three-ish after. So he took, them over, I took over them at this level of two, three. And what's happened then? Well, now they're down in fifth. So whilst um, Rennie has uh, slightly um, taken them up uh, on the positive side to, 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 to level, what we've seen with uh, Foster is he's taken the, taken the team and has definitely taken them lower down. So the expectations are different. Uh, and also kind of where they are relative um, to um, where they have been um, is, is, also, uh, uh, is also in there. Um, the reviewer says likely would have been number one somewhere around uh, 1999 to 2000, um, but I think it was before the rankings uh, actually existed. So, um, so yes, uh, on, on that one. So to me, that's why Rennie, uh, look, he is taking some flat in the New Zealand press, having lost to England, lost the series to England, uh, and uh, obviously... This, this, what, 31-point defeat, you're going to take some flack from that. Um, but uh, to me, I, yeah, I think there's a, there's a clear difference as to why um, Foster is taking how much flack he is um, at uh, at the moment then. So after the game, so we'll just run through some of the uh, some of the key things that have happened since then. Uh, Foster was asked, are you, going to be, are you going to be head coach going into Argentina? And he said, I don't know. Uh, which was which was brutally honest. It was wow. Okay, that's an interesting one. Not the um, not the kind of response you'd expect. Which I think would be uh, look. It's not in my hands, um, but I think I deserve to be the. I, I deserve to have have the role, um, or I think I, I think I should be. The, I, I think I can do a good job. Um, so interesting to say that. Then we had um, Ali Surveyor saying that uh, um, the Foster was his coach and his head coach. Um, so basically, coming out in support of his coach. Um, now, they asked him, do you think he should be head coach into Argentina? He said, look, he is my head coach. So clearly, whilst he wouldn't say it in so many words, he's saying, look, I'm putting my, my backing to him. Uh, Sam Kane uh, came out the next day and went one a little bit further saying, look, are we expect him to be head coach next year. Oh, sorry, next year uh, into Argentina. Um, and then we had um, the uh, CEO of New Zealand Rugby. Um, so who after the um, Ireland, Ireland series um, went into well, basically put out a, a statement, went into radio silence for a week um, and didn't talk to anybody, decided that that wasn't the right approach um, and uh, decided that he had to talk after this one. Now, I think um, uh, the, there was an interesting one. So Dan, um, uh, sorry, Dylan Cleaver uh, puts out a newsletter called um, The Bounce. Um, and um, I thought I, I enjoyed what, what, what he put, um, which... Um, uh, I'm trying to find the uh, the actual uh, the actual quote from uh, from his newsletter, but basically the quote from the newsletter was right. Well, this 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 um, news conference was booked because obviously he had to say something because after last time he didn't say anything and took lots of flack, and so it had to be transparent. Um, but clearly he hadn't expected the All Blacks to win, so he had nothing to say um, and uh, had this look and going, we didn't expect this scenario, so I don't know what to say. It's like boy, oh boy. There is, as Simon says, Mark Robertson is seriously out of his depth. Doesn't know um, how to um, how to handle public relations clearly um, and talk in the media. 
doesn't understand the concept of what um, transparency really means. Uh, and uh, whilst, look, they've been a bit more transparent in saying, well, the process is that we'll talk about it and we'll give you a response on Wednesday or Thursday. Boy, oh boy, that is appalling. If you want to say that, you can't say we're going to do a review. These people will do the review. It'll happen over these days uh, and you'll hear from us on Thursday. And you make it clear and precise as to what's going to actually happen and what people can expect from it. And then you deliver on that rather than going, some people will talk about it because well, apparently that's me being transparent and letting you know we'll talk about it. No, it's not. And we'll give a response on Wednesday or Thursday. Okay, so we don't know when you're going to respond to us. We don't know what you're going to talk about. And we don't know what the outcome is going to be. What a Paul, Paul, I was going to say, hypothetically, yep. had the All Blacks lost that game, do you suspect, <clears throat> excuse me, do you do you suspect Robinson would have made a, a, a decisive announcement at the end of that game? Well, he wasn't making the end of the game, was he? He was making that decisive announcement as the as the team were getting onto an aeroplane, right? Which again, um, or, or I don't know if they were getting on the aeroplane or whether they're actually on the aeroplane already. So, again, how do you? Uh, you've got to give you've got to tell them first and give them an opportunity to tell their family, right? Because uh, you because let's be honest, their family. Uh, what was the, the actual um, players in this? Or uh, when I mean by players, I mean in this scenario, I mean Rob, Robertson is one of the. So not Rob, um, uh, Robertson. Is, uh, Robertson is, is one of the players, obviously, uh, as is uh, um, in this. In this, well, I, you know, I mean, coaches, administrators, players. You let them know they can deal with stuff because they they get media training. Their families don't, so their family. So they need to be given opportunity to let their families know because this is yeah, this is big, big, uh, big part of this. Um, and, uh, and and so, look, they should have, uh, if, if he was going to do it, making an actual announcement, it was the wrong place and the wrong the wrong time to be doing it. Um, it was all it was it was scheduled wrong. He didn't know what he was going to say, and it, it was just a, such an amateur response to what you think should be here. Um, LB said the fans are the biggest shareholders in the team. Uh, well, yeah, and, and then if you follow up with saying shareholders is the wrong word, you're quite right. Because unfortunately, whilst um, the public think that they, they own the All Blacks, they don't. The All Blacks are owned by New Zealand Rugby, which is a, I don't know if it's a company or a non-profit or whatever, but the public don't own it. It's owned by New Zealand Rugby. And it's um, and that's part of um, that's part of the problem is that they've, New Zealand Rugby have marketed it as, it's owned by the people because they want to get people's more people to to um, buy jerseys, but um, when it comes to decision making, they don't want to let the public what, know. <laughs> what what Paul? What is what is rather alarming is is when you hear now there's only a really a, a handful of journalists that are over in in South Africa at, at the minute with the All Blacks, or obviously on on route home at the moment. But yep. uh, th those journalists have been pretty much shut out and. Listen, I know listening to Mark Hinton on radio, I think it was last Thursday or Friday, he actually had learnt through some of the, uh, the, the senior players who had basically approached uh, Mark Robinson to offer support for the, um, for the besieged coach. Uh, they were pretty much told to stay in their own lane from Robinson, which is just really quite in, in, incredible. 
at, at the end of the day for a, for a CEO. So that's going to make contracting negotiations with New Zealand rugby quite interesting moving forward um, over the next couple of couple of years or so. But it it really does show you how maybe the the disconnect between board CEO and of course the uh, the coaching group. But you know, in recent days, what we actually have seen, Paul, is solidarity between the players and the coach to the point where I'm almost thinking to myself, you know, I don't know whether you call, you would you'd call this player power or you'd call it player support for the coach, but now they're now they've almost basically putting the pressure back on on Mark Robinson and even to the point where I, I think the last uh, press conference that um, that um, the skipper Kane Sam Kane had before he left South Africa was saying, "Hey, listen, my my phone is on. If um, Mark Robinson needs to <laughs> needs to give me a call, so uh, what does that tell you? So I have a funny feeling there could be another twist again. So okay, and, so and, I mean, that, that's fantastic. And, I, I hadn't heard this this point about stay in your lane, which is yeah. fantastic. I mean, if you turn around, to someone like Artie Surveyor and go stay in your lane. Here's a guy who has basically gone, I don't like talking to um, to the media, so I'll have my own media outlet via my social media. I don't like what the Hurricanes or the All Blacks media people say about me, so I'm going to say it through my own channel to my through through social media. I'm going to tell them when, when I have an injury, I'll announce what my injury and how long I'm out for via my channels because I don't trust the media outlets that use – I don't trust the media managers from New Zealand Rugby. Yeah provide me whether that's uh, all blacks or hurricanes or what they tell me to say i'm not going to say it i'm going to do it my own way and then to, so um i'm not I, i'm going to or i'm going to not um, get a player agent i'm going to negotiate my own contract which is what Ardi surveyor did now we've got a player agent to help him um at the final stages there to ticks up to to cross t's and dot i's um but as far as what the actual numbers were going to be he negotiated those numbers because he wanted to because he wanted to have control and understanding of what it was you don't tell players uh, or somebody like Arnie Surveyor to stay in his lane because he'll flip the finger at you and walk out of that lane very – well, he won't he won't walk out of his lane because he'll tell you, these are all my lanes and I'm going to walk in them and I'm going to handle my image. I'm going to handle my – I'm going to handle my um, – uh, how I'm seen by the public myself because I don't trust you to do it because you have been mismanaging me for so long. Um so again, as you say, it just shows how out of touch he is with reality uh, as to how the media space works um, and uh, to tell people to stay in their lane because it ain't going to work when you've got players like Artie Surveyor in there. Other play players like Sam Kane, et cetera, uh, are less open and through, uh, through social media. So I don't know how they think and how they, how they react to that kind of thing. But you can tell... Um, that Ardi Surveyor would take that extremely poorly <laughs> uh, to be told to stay in his lane. Now you're muted again, Steve. For for example, if later in the week there's an announcement that comes out that they are changing the coach, the fallout could be could be could be very very interesting. So uh, that's that's going to be one long long flight home for the CE. Mark Robinson can have plenty to. <laughs> Plenty to think about on 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 his plate. I, I mean, to so say somebody, a friend of mine, actually said said something interesting to to me today. He said, "Listen, you know, the, the very good coaches, players will play for a coach that they respect." Um, 
listen, the only problem I've got with this, you know, these are the same players. If you kind of look at look at look at their record in the last calendar year, it's it, it's a it's a little bit alarming if you're just looking at if you're looking at uh, stats alone. But uh, boy, Paul, what an interesting week it's going to be. We're going to have plenty to talk about next week, aren't we? We are. Well, let me just come across. So, so not so much as the players had a chance to tell you rugby about fostering a review. They did, right? At the end of November, at the end of December, or at the end of after November 20, December last year, at the end of last year, they did tell New Zealand Rugby what they thought about fostering a review. And they said, we want to keep Foster, right? And this was the Crusaders players and the non-Crusaders players in that all-black squad, from what I'm hearing. Um, now, I'm not going to name my sources, where I've heard that from, but um, but I have heard it, that the Crusaders, um, uh, um, were, were, were the Crusaders players want to have him as head coach. Um, what they also said at the time was, we do not want John Plumtree and Brad Moore as assistant coaches. We want them gone, right? And that's what they said in December, but they didn't do it. <laughs> um, they went after Ireland. Why? Well, because by then they had to do something. But the players had already said they did not want those assistant coaches, but they did want Foster to stay. So um, nocturnal rights, they have said that. They, 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 they've, they've gone through the proper channels. Um, they've been told, uh, so they've done that already. Uh, they haven't necessarily always been, they haven't always, always been heard, listened to. Um, and so hence, they're going to go public to make sure that their views are known um, and their position is known when decisions are made. And we don't, uh, we don't have, um, uh, we don't have the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, we, we don't we don't have uh, the New Zealand New Zealand rugby media coming out. Oh, he's lost the dressing room, therefore we're getting rid of him. So <laughs> you can't say that now, folks. We've seen that going around on Twitter quite a lot that last week that Foster had lost the dressing room. And let's be blunt here, folks. It's pretty clear he has not. <laughs> so um, and I, I was surprised at people saying that because I just couldn't see that. I've not seen that he's lost the dressing room. Um, has he not coached the players properly and not not putting well, we're not actually not putting good cane plans? That I'd agree with. But, um, but there you go. LB, Plumtree is quality. Don't know why the hate. Um, look, I don't know why the person, what, what, what the situation was there. Technically, from what I understand, he's a decent coach. Obviously, clearly did good jobs over South Africa and with Hurricanes. Um, but clearly, it wasn't working in this situation. But there you go. Um, Nocturnal rights, you can't have the current players picking the coach as they have vested interest in keeping that coach. Effectively, the players are trying to do this. Uh, fine. But I think apart from a small number of positions around front row and number six, uh, potentially 12, um, that selection hasn't been Ian Foster's problem, right? I, I don't think people are saying that he's got 20 players wrong in that in his squad. Um, select, selection is there or thereabouts. Slight tweaking, yes, but um, the majority of selection is, is correct. It's game plan is the issue, not selection. So if these players want this guy, um, then look, they're the right players. We, we already know that. Unless, unless Steve, you're going to tell me that that, uh, that, that, that that I'm wrong there and he's got a whole bunch of players wrong. I, th I, I think there's some players who <laughs> may have actually played their way up. Might be might be playing their way out of this this particular squad squad this season, and it's probably maybe been proven. There's a couple that just weren't there. Maybe a selection. Uh, Carl Tunukuyafi is a a selection that was contested yep. at the top of the year, and that's simply because I, there was a, a 
a thought process that here's an opportunity missed to actually bring in a younger player, bring in a, an Ethan De Groot. Um, but, you know, the, the excuse that came back was he'd uh, let his fitness go. But, you know, really in the, in, the, in the modern day game of rugby, especially with with props, you, you really only need 25, 30 minutes out of your out of your props these days. I, listen, if, if Foster is to stay on, I would hope that would they would actually surround him with some guys that are going to actually add value to this team. And we're already seeing that at the moment with um, with uh, the Fords coach that's come on. Jason board, Ryan. Um, yep. Jason Jason Ryan. We've already seen his fingerprints over the over the performance of the All Black Fords in the last last two games. I still think the um, the attack needs a lot more work, Paul, because it, to me at the moment it's still very very side to side to side. I still think we probably negated the the the, the, the rush defence to an extent in the in this last test, but there's still a lot more work to to be done, and uh, I, I think he's just got to get some some minds with a little bit more clarity. I'd actually still like to see them a little bit more open-minded about selection in terms of looking for players with with um, with the actual skill sets that suit a game plan. You know, I think sometimes we always look at the players with a with a little bit of bling who've got X factor as opposed to a player. I'll give you an example. Somebody like Conrad Smith wasn't the flashiest player, but did most things right. And we've had players like that before in the midfield. Warwick Taylor is another player uh, from the 80s who basically did had a really good skill set, does things mostly right. I look at somebody like Jack Goodhue, who's got a skill set like that. There's always a place in a team for that particular player. Everybody who you know is dependable and is going to do everything at the right time, but also helps your inside backs out, your your your, your first five, your Moangas, your, your Bowden Barretts. I think these are wonderfully skillful players, but they're only as good as the guys that, that play beside them. Yeah, and a, a final thing I'm just going to pull out is uh, around employment law. And I saw it. So now, look, we don't know what Fozzie's contract looks like, but looking at um, New Zealand, look, looking at generally New Zealand um, employment law. Um, and again, this is uh, this is from someone getting in touch with me, um, talking about this, having talked to uh, an employment lawyer. Um, is that look, uh, Fozzie could definitely argue constructive dismissal if he does go, right? Um, having gone, having been told, oh yeah, look, he's he's got a contract through to the end of next year, but he's only the right guy for the next two games, right? So <laughs> that to me is yeah. Um, and then if he's been put on a performance improvement plan, well, look, he's got to win um, out of these two. You can't expect it. You can't expect the performance improvement. I say you have to have two wins. So he's met whatever they. He's, he's met probably whatever the performance improvement plan was. Therefore, if they're going to get rid of him, it's going to be a major payout, um, and. Uh, because that's what he is not going to walk, and I don't blame him. Put bluntly, he hasn't. He, he, he look. They they gave him a, a contract through to the end of the, end of the Rugby World Cup. Um, it's his dream job. It's what he wants to do. So why should he walk? Um, at this um, to put put bluntly. So uh, the um, so to my mind, yeah, it, it's New Zealand rugby have managed this incredibly badly over the past month, whatever it is, um, at the very least, and for longer than that. Um, but um, so they so uh, look uh, if he does get terminated, it'll be a um, 
a big uh, a big payout. I'll tell you much. Just give Foster the money. No one will begrudge it. Oh yes, they will. <laughs> People will begrudge whatever payout he gets. They'll go. Oh, he shouldn't take anything. It's for the good of the game. Remember, this is national pride. Rubbish. Uh, it's a professional game. He's got a, he's got a professional contract, um, and therefore he will get, he will take flack anyway. Um, and look, I, one of the points we'll make here is that all of our criticism around. Um, players, coaches, etc., is always is is not personal criticism. It's work criticism. It's business, right? We don't go. Um, I think we've we've said several times that that our understanding is that Foster is a is a good guy. He's a nice guy. He might not come over that way in media conferences. He comes comes over as gruff, but we've said that several times. That it's uh, we aren't questioning people's characters. Um, we're questioning their ability to do their jobs. Uh, which is a different thing to question their, their, their technical ability, not their character as business. Um, so, Stephen, last thing, when we get our announcement, either Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whoever knows when New Zealand Rugby say it, do you think that Foster will take the team into the Argentina games or not? Yes or no? <laughs> Paul, if you ask me this, um, <laughs> if you ask me this about... Um, 2:59 on Sunday morning. I would have said he's gone, gone for all money. But I'm, I'm really not so sure now. I'm, 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 I'm a. My head tells me that he's he's actually going to be he's going to be moved on. But part of me's now now a little bit mixed now now a little bit mixed up, especially since the players come out have come out and supported him categorically either 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 way this is not going to end well for uh, New Zealand rugby pool but uh, for me I think he goes you think he's gone I'll agree with you that I that I thought uh, at the end of the game when he said I don't know if I've got the job I'm like he's gone having heard the players come out and talk now he's in <laughs> there's no way we <laughs> cannot get rid of him if they do it'll be disaster so there you go so I'm saying yes he will be leading the All Blacks into the Argentina tests. You're saying no. Um, and I think that probably sets us up, uh, probably gives you everyone who's, who's listening and watching a good idea as to where this situation is and how badly New Zealand rugby have managed it. Because we shouldn't be in this situation two weeks out from oh, a test match. So yeah, but there we go. Paul, Paul Watson makes it even more crazy. I've heard rumours of <clears throat> coaching staff already being put in place. Um, perspective guys, I've, I've heard everything from Scott Robinson and Leon McDonald would be joining joining Scott Robinson along with along with Jason Ryan. So that's some of the, the rumours that I've heard around the heard around the fringes. So gee whiz, what what a what a mess. Um, in in my time, um, watching watching the All Blacks, I, I think you'd I think you'd probably have to go back to the the, the David. Rutherford John McCaw fiasco with the with the hosting rights um, back in back in two thousand and three when uh, um, New Zealand Rugby absolutely blew an opportunity to host the uh, to co-host the Rugby World Cup in uh, two thousand and three and I think you'd have to go back to as a a real black day for New Zealand Rugby I didn't think in my lifetime I'd see an even blacker one but I have to say in terms of uh, the way this is being handled um, is yeah, no words, Paul. No words. Put bluntly, the person who needs to go is the CEO. <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> he's the one that's come out of this worse than anybody. Um, so there we go, folks. Um, 
do join us again next Monday at 8 p.m. where we'll be able to talk about were, was I right or was, or, or was Stephen right around uh, what's happened to Foster? Well, we hope we know by then because the All Blacks should be back in camp. Um, so, <laughs> but who knows with New Zealand rugby, eh? Um, but he seems right right there. Yeah, I've seen rumours again of, of an entire coaching setup that's that's apparently in place to go. Um, but uh, but clearly, um, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, uh, LB says, thank you for your S-A-R-U. Um, they're the worst. Well, they're, 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 but yeah, they've, they've, they've had their moments. Um, the individual uh, provinces um, have been even worse, though. Let's be honest. Eastern province with the kings have been was was a dis, was, was was been a right mess. But anyway, let's not head down that rabbit hole. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so thank you, everyone. Do join us next Monday at eight pm. Uh, enjoy the rugby this weekend. As I say I'm going to be at a couple of games this weekend: Farrah Palmer Cup and NPC. Um, and uh, Stephen's going to be uh, probably heading along to an NPC game as well. So uh, do uh, hope we'll have some interviews for you next week on the show. Uh, and um, have a great week all. Stay safe. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.